You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Sobriety with your sober host, Ari Eastman. Come on down. Uh, that's my, I don't know what that is. That's that's my my game show, my like cheesy game show persona, perhaps, you know? She was ruining her life with alcohol and slowly losing all sense of self-worth. She's sober for almost two years. Please welcome Ari Eastman. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me here. Yes, I'm so excited. Today, I will be playing for the charity, My Bank Account. Yes, very excited. Anyway, I hope you all had a wonderful week. I am, my brain is still very fried. I, I, you know, (laughs) it's a long week with all the Bachelor Nation stuff that I just want to stop thinking about, but obviously I can't. And I am buckling up for tomorrow. These episodes come out on Monday, but I record them usually on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday. So, you know, it hasn't happened yet. (sighs) Let's all take a collective deep breath. Okay, hold it, hold it, hold it. And breathe out. All right. Well, because my brain is so fried and, you know, normally I do, believe it or not, prepare for these episodes. I really didn't prepare anything. Absolutely nothing. And then all of a sudden you look and you realize it's Sunday and you got to record. So I did what I feel like all podcasters and content creators like to do when they just have no ideas. It's kind of like an easy, uh, easy way out. Although I do always enjoy episodes like this. I asked on my Instagram for people to share assumptions they have about me or sobriety, like a little get to know you sort of better episode. And yeah, it's, fu- it's funny because you just know, you know when you see someone release something like that, they just had no ideas and they were like, uh, you guys tell me what to do. But I actually always like those episodes. I always really enjoy podcast episodes where people do those like assumptions or get to know me or, you know, whatever, those little, those little things. Because obviously like you listen to someone because you're interested in them, I would hope. Are you interested in me? If you say no, if you say no. If you say you are not interested in me and my life and getting to know me better, then what are you doing here? Please. I'm fragile. No, actually, I'm very strong. I don't need your validation. I just need you to rate me five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. All right, let's get started, shall we? First assumption, you have loads of friends. Ooh, buddy. This could not be further from the truth. I have no friends. (laughs) I would say I'm friendly with a lot of people. And I actually have a lot of what my mom makes fun of and says are not real. I have a lot of like internet friends. And I sort of always have because I've always put myself kind of out there on social media platforms and created connections and friendships that way. I've done that honestly since like I was since I was a, a teenager when YouTube first started. I have my really close people that I'm super, super close with, but I've never been someone maybe in high school, um, middle school and whatnot, you know, where I had kind of my little group, but I haven't really had a group of people where we're all sort of friends and we're we're like the group hang situation. I haven't had that, I guess, since college. And even in college, it was because I went to a film school that was teeny, teeny, tiny. Our graduating class only had 30 people. So obviously, we just all hung out with each other. But, you know, I've actually lost touch with 
pretty much every single person I went to college with. And partly because I think I pushed people away. I think I self-isolated. I think I, after college, got really depressed. And then my drinking kind of started. And even though it wasn't necessarily escalating right away, I definitely pushed people. And I didn't I didn't pursue or try to maintain a lot of friendships and relationships. And as a result, you know, you you drift away from people. So I now I think I'm really trying to be so much more meaningful in my friendships and make sure I really hold on to people and let them know how much I appreciate them because, you know, friendships are important. And there are times when I feel sad or I feel insecure that I don't have this like big group of people. But also at the same time, I'm almost 30 and... I don't know. It's like it's not as easy to have like a big crew of friends that all hang out with one another, you know? You know, one of my longest relationships and friendships is my best friend Brianna. We met when we were 3 years old, so we've been friends for, you know, a nearing 3 decades, which is honestly mind-blowing. I also, you know, during sort of my active addiction and as thing as my drinking was getting worse, I I think would create these connections in these relationships with people and have this like really intense vulnerability with a lot of friends and then because I was trying to also sort of hide this part of myself that I hadn't even really identified yet I would like I said I would push people away I would you know get into weird fights with friends when I got drunk I um I would ghost my friends which is so fucked up and I would really and I would blame being depressed and I would be like well that's why you couldn't get a hold of me for a month and it's it's like not okay you know and it's something that you know I have to live with and I and I I have to work on and it's something that I ha- I do carry shame around and regret around because there are like really great friendships I had that that just I didn't nurture them enough and I would have I would have more friends if I had but you know now that that is something that I do now in recovery and I really try to look at people and think about them more because when I was in active addiction I was really only thinking about myself so I would say I have my close couple couple people, couple friends who, I mean, I truly do uh, maybe like 97% of my socializing with my roommate. But um, so no, I do not have a load of friends. All right, let's do another one here. Okay, next assumption, you were a Nickelodeon kid. You know, I was kind of weird with TV as a child. I don't know what, I don't know what I was trying to prove to anyone, but I didn't typically like shows that were super geared towards kids. I don't know, like I didn't really like cartoons. Um, the only cartoons I really enjoyed, I liked the ones that felt a little bit more grounded in reality and weren't like quite as silly and cartoony, if that makes sense. I remember I really liked As Told by Ginger. Obviously, I liked the Lizzie McGuire show. Um, what else did I watch? Boy Meets World was my favorite show, actually, as a kid. That was my number one favorite TV show and Sister Sister. Those were my two favorite shows as a child. Boy Meets World and Sister Sister. I don't remember what channel those were on, um, but I was I was always more attracted to the like live action real people um tv shows and then i really just wa- liked to watch kind of like the shows my mom did i mean desperate housewives friends was my favorite show starting in sixth grade uh, buffy the vampire slayer i don't know i just sort of wasn't i mean i'm sure i watched like sesame street and shit when i was like really little and i went through a pokemon phase too but for the most part I just didn't like cartoons. Like, I hate SpongeBob with a burning passion, still do. Um, 
So I don't know. I just like it, I didn't like I didn't really like cartoons or anything that was too kind of I didn't like cartoon violence as a kid. I don't know, like, you know, the whole something hits them or whatever, the physical comedy of these things that if it was happening in real life, like that character would be dead. I hated that as a kid. It made me really uncomfortable. And then I think even with like the live action shows that were still geared towards kids, I liked them when they felt a little bit more grounded. I don't know. I don't know what that was. I liked them when they felt a little bit more adult, I guess. I don't know. I guess I was an annoying kid. I'm like, oh, I can't. I don't want. I don't want this. Oh, what is? What is this garbage for you plebeians? I am so much smarter than all of you. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't say I was a Disney kid or Nickelodeon kid. Uh, uh oh, you know, I liked Hey Arnold. I did like Hey Arnold quite a bit. I don't know what network that was on. Partly because I just really related to Helga Pataki because she had a shrine to Arthur and I used to make shrines to my crushes in elementary school. So I took a lot of inspiration from her. But um, yeah, so I don't know. That's kind of those were kind of the shows that I enjoyed watching as a kid. All right. Next assumption. It's hard for you to stay sober. Uh, No, to be completely honest with you. No, it's actually it's so it's so easy now and it's such a part of just who I am and just my existence that I the only I mean I think about it because I'm obviously doing a podcast where I talk about it and I I like to share about it because I think visibility helps and I I hope it's helping other people too but I don't think about it in the way that like when I was in active addiction when I could go and buy my bottle of wine at Whole Foods like all of that just consumed me and it was just all I could think about and it was just ever present and now I have to say like I really don't think about it. I don't see alcohol and get triggered. It's just this is just now kind of just it feels like I just sort of went back to who I who I was before active addiction really set in. So no I mean it was hard to get sober in that those first 30 days are kind of a bitch and even the first 90 days can be rough but once I stuck to it long enough that I was able to create this new habit and the more I started reading about it and really immersing myself in sober literature sober podcasts sober Instagram Instagram accounts it just became so much easier and yeah, I don't know. It's I, I I hate to say that it's easy because I know that it's not easy for everyone. Um, but I always say that it is so much harder to start and it does get easier. Okay, let's do two more assumptions and then we'll wrap this thing up for the night. Okay, next one. <laughs> next assumption is you don't enjoy the beach. Uh yes. I am not really a beach person. I I can enjoy the beach, but it's in a very, very short dose. I would like to go to it, look at the water for maybe 10 minutes, take some cute pictures, listen to the water for a minute or two, and then I want to go home. I can't spend a long time at the beach. I'm not that person. I don't know how people can just sit there and... I just don't like to be in the sun. I'm like very, like I'm kind of a vampire in that way. I'm pale. I'm pale by choice. I avoid the sun at all costs. You know, I work for a dermatologist, so I know the things that the sun can do to you. I'm constantly slathered in sunscreen. So, uh, no, I, I, I don't, I would not say I enjoy the beach. That is an accurate assumption. 
I don't hate the beach. I will join people, but I just don't want to spend a long time there. And I get bored. There's this episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David is like, I don't get it. Like you come and you're like, okay, like what? He's like, what? I get angry because I feel like I can't see what everybody else sees. Like, what am I missing? And that's kind of how I feel when I go to the beach. We done here? We done here? Because I see the ocean. It's cool. But we good? Are we just going to sit here on the sand? Because I'm, I'm ready to go inside now. Okay, final assumption. You don't get embarrassed easily. Hmm. Online, I do not get embarrassed easily in that I am overly comfortable sharing things online. I, I don't, for whatever reason, and I've been this way since I was a little kid, the idea of other people seeing a video I make or me kind of making a fool of myself or dancing or, or whatever online, it just doesn't bother me. Even even like no, even if I talk to someone and they're like, I saw your video. I just don't get embarrassed by that kind of stuff. Like I will do I was about to be like, I will do anything on camera. I mean, there might be some limits, but but in person, I would say, you know, I have social anxiety, so I definitely get I you know I will I will replay conversations I will get in my head about you know things I said or did so I would say yes I I do I do get embarrassed um but I just don't I just don't get embarrassed online uh which I'm missing whatever whatever that thing is that other people go like oh man I'm not gonna post that that's cringy or that's embarrassing I don't seem to have that filter but but it, it exists in real life I will say but for the most part, I would say I just don't get that embarrassed. Me, I don't know. Like I, I am more concerned with entertaining myself and maybe entertaining other people than than the feeling of embarrassment. So I'm more likely to do something that maybe someone else would be embarrassed to do because I think it's funny or maybe someone else is laughing and, you know, like Lady Gaga said, I live for the applause. So yeah, I get embarrassed, but just maybe not by the same things that other people would get embarrassed by. Well, there are still some assumptions that I did not get to. So maybe if you guys like this, we could do, you know, we could do another episode. Uh, appreciate those who sent them in. Um, and you know what? It's time for... It's something that made me happy this week. It's my pink cloud of sleep. So last night, I actually had a really upsetting dream. This is not my this is not my pink cloud. Um, and I have these dreams sometimes. I've done an episode where I talk about relapse dreams. Um, they're 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 um, they're they're the most common nightmare that I have. A dream where I get drunk again. I do something. I fuck up. I get fired. I lose my car. Uh, there's some sort of horrible consequence. And those dreams are always very stressful and they suck, but it is nice because then I get to wake up and I go, oh my God, that was just a dream. That was just a nightmare. Like, I'm fine. I'm still in control of my life. But so I had one of those dreams and then I woke up and um, I was just thinking about the dream, thinking about, you know, the things I said in the dream. And then it hit me, which is just, I don't know, time is just moving so fast. It's August. Next month is September, and in September, I'm going to be two years sober, which is just, it's just so crazy. It's like, I, obviously, I'm like, I know it's coming, and, and, but time is just moving so fast, and I think I just had this moment where I was like, holy shit, it's August. I'm healthier than I've ever been. 
I'm happier than I've been in so long. I feel like I have purpose and, and uh, you know, uh, listen, I still have the everyday anxieties and stressors of life and there's certain, pla- there's certain ways I'm, I'm not as far ahead in life as I want it to be. But like for the most part, I'm just so happy. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be two years sober in like a month. I mean, a little more than a month because it's at the end of September. But I just had this moment sitting in bed so grateful to be where I am I just had this really nice moment just sitting in bed being like oh my god I'm gonna be two years sober in September which is next month because it's August I couldn't believe it it was just I couldn't believe it and I'm really grateful to have all of you kind of on this little journey with me and wherever you are in your journey if you're also sober you're sober curious or you drink and you just like listening to me blather on like I'm just I'm thrilled to have you here so what a life Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you all. And uh, you know what? I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.